Hey, Richard. Sup? Did you hear about the hero that we lost this week? I did, and my heart is broken. About a week ago, we lost Nigel. Nigel Nomates. He's a gannet. It's a type of seabird. He's living on an island north of New Zealand. And to commemorate his loss, we will have a moment of silence. Not entirely silent, because we will be playing taps. Not technically playing taps. Instead, I will be performing taps. Nice, uh, nice cover up on that cut. Just then, you just kind of like made a little abridged version. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm not really sure, honestly, how the full taps goes. So I did my best. Kind of a a bugle, right? Is it a bugle? Uh, all I know is it, it's good you made it short because I don't think anyone listening wants to listen to four minutes of taps. <laughs> That, 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 that's a good point. For those of you out there who are not familiar with Nigel, no mates, the gannet, uh, Nigel was a seabird who, like I said, he lived on an uh, island um, called Mana off the coast of New Zealand, and he was basically by himself. Uh, they stopped living on the island a really long time ago, and conservationists decided that they were going to place... 80 concrete replica birds all over the island in small little colonies and fitted them with little speakers that would play the sounds of these bird colonies, hoping to attract other gannets to the island. After years, it attracted one, and that was Nigel. And he stayed. And he lived there by himself amongst all of his concrete friends. He eventually fell in love with one of those concrete decoys, and he built her a nest out of seaweed and sticks and mud. Just a couple of weeks ago, after years of being alone, a few more gannets showed up on the island, but evidently thought he was weird, and stuck to the other side. And just a couple of weeks ago, Nigel was found dead, next to the one that he loved, the concrete bird that wasn't real. So, if you're ever feeling lonely, remind yourself that you're not Nigel, a bird who lived alone on an island of other concrete birds and was so lonely that he fell in love with one of those concrete birds and died next to it. Wilson! <laughs> hey, I'm Devin. I'm Richard. And this is The Wildlife, a new podcast from the wildlife.blog about curiosity, discovery, and all things wild. And preferably alive. Unless we're talking about things like rocks or the environment. Or dead things. Today we have a short story in relation to a question that we got from one of our listeners. But before we get into it, this is our very first episode. So we're going to go a little off format and take a minute to introduce ourselves on the show. 
Right, today is all about getting to know each other and letting you know what to expect in the future. We are your hosts and also brothers, each other's brother, not yours. Yes, we are Devin and Richard Boker. Here's what to expect. We'll start off each episode with the latest wildlife-related news and discoveries, answer a question from our listeners, and blow your minds as we explore an entire planet's worth of wildlife and stories behind the amazing discoveries and fascinating people who make them. Like we said, part of the wildlife is answering questions from our listeners. Anything from, what's up with worms? To, how are snakes so fast? Or, how come penguins can't fly but porgs can? Usually with the help of an expert. In order to do that, we need your questions. You can submit your questions by sending us a message on Facebook at the Wildlife Blog. Um, you can also have your voice heard on an episode if you just send us a voice message using Facebook Messenger or sending a recorded voice memo from your phone. Instructions on how to do that can be found at thewildlife.blog forward slash podcast. You know, Richard? Yeah? We should probably address the elephant in the room. Wait, how long has that been sitting there? Anyway, so Elephant, uh, did you have something you wanted to share? Yeah, 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 you... yeah. So here's the problem. Okay. You both sound exactly the same. So I just don't. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, sound, we sound different enough, right? Are you serious? I'm watching y'all talk and I have no idea which one of you said what. I'm just really confused right now. I mean, I think that's probably pretty easy for an, an elephant to say. I mean... You probably think a lot of people look alike or sound alike, right? But, uh, okay. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by. We're going to move on with the show. All right, I'm just going to take these peanuts and walk away. This week's question comes from Chelsea. Okay, so I came across this video, right? Um, on Facebook, there's a bunch of little tiny crabs, kind of cute, walking around. Like, I'm not saying a bunch is in, like, Four? No, like maybe a thousand, maybe more walking around on a beach. So like, what are they doing? Is this common? And will I ever get to see this in real life? Yeah, they look like they have googly eyes. All right, so we did check out this video and yeah, it's it's really nuts. It's, it's something you kind of need to see to believe. Uh, you can check out that video and some pictures of these itty bitty crabs on our website. So the story behind this video is a couple weeks back, Millions of tiny newborn red crabs began their annual mass migration on Christmas Island. That's about 310 miles south of Jakarta, Indonesia. You know what? Actually, if you haven't watched the video yet, here's what I'm going to ask. Go check it out. Pause the podcast. This is something you got to see with your own eyes to really fully comprehend. Pause the podcast. We promise we will be right here when you get back. So I guess you could say they're crab walking. We're, we're, we're gonna do this? You know, I was thinking, if I was that small and had to walk that far, I'd be crabby. The imagery here is really crab-tivating. Before that journey, do they have to load up on crabohydrates? If they just had a crab driver, they'd be there in a pinch. I wonder if butter sales pick up there this time of year. You're back! Fantastic. So, these crabs are all trekking into the forest. Yes, the forest where they're going to live for pretty much most of their adult lives and in solitude, dominating the forest floor 
by their lonesome. Turns out that this is one of two major red crab migrations that happen on Christmas Islands, the other being when the adults migrate to the shores to lay their eggs. Which begs the question, why? I'm not really sure exactly why they do it, but my guess would be that it's just the reverse of sea turtles, and that they like either freshwater or land prey, and they just go back into the island's interior to eat. Yeah, that's actually uh, it's actually a really good idea. My my first thought when I was looking at this, thinking about them going into the island, would be actually probably something pretty similar. Um, I mean, I know different types of crabs live on land, and so that's probably where their food's at and habitat. I guess the beach is kind of open. You wouldn't want to hang out on the beach all day, kind of like sea turtles can get picked off pretty easy. Uh, so we did end up looking into this, and it turns out the Christmas Island red crab is actually largely terrestrial, meaning they do spend a majority of their time on land. Uh, there are actually about 20 species of crab that live on or around the island, and about 13 of those total uh, are true land crabs, including the coconut crab, which is another one that we've posted a picture of. And if you haven't seen one of those, you need to look at it because it looks more like a face hugger from Alien than your standard Sebastian type crab. But even though they live on land, they still need water to lay their eggs. Right, exactly. Crab eggs are, are sort of like frog eggs in the sense that they don't actually have hard outsides like a bird egg. Uh, so they have no protection from really drying out or any kind of damage. Plus, crabs go through stages also kind of like frogs do. Right, so when the females lay their eggs into the sea, they hatch and release a cloud of larvae which is swept out into the ocean almost immediately. And over the next four to six weeks, they go through a series of stages. These little fellows eventually make their way back near the shore, where they finally morph into the tiny crabs you see in the video, and then they make their nine-day journey back to the island center. That's not even the cool part. Right, I think probably the coolest part of this whole thing is what actually causes the adult's migration. Now, we did figure out we were right, the hatchlings are migrating into the island because that's that's where they live. They live on the ground. They live in little burrows. They eat uh, fallen leaves and fruits and other dead things. But the adults, other than just the fact that they have to lay their eggs in the ocean, are triggered by the lunar schedule. You see, the crabs arrive at the coast and they mate at such a time that the females can produce eggs and develop them in burrows for a dozen or so days before releasing them into the ocean. And it, they have to do it exactly when high tide turns between the last quarter and the new moon. It happens to be that this is the, uh, this is the time where the sea level on the beaches varies the least, meaning it's easier for them to get to the water or get to places to burrow. And it's so dependent on this that if there's bad weather, or uh, rough seas that they will actually delay their entire migration until the next month. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty cool that they somehow, uh, whether they are aware that they know it or not, know to go by the lunar calendar. And that basically answers this week's question. Now, it is time for... The Animal Sound of the Week!
right, this week's animal is pretty cool, and it makes a pretty cool sound. I'm going to give it a shot myself. Sounds a little bit like this. I, I think we're pretty spot on. It actually sounded pretty good. Send us your guesses on Facebook for a chance to win a prize. Maybe not a great prize, but a prize nonetheless. A prize. We're still working on the first season, but to give you a glimpse at some of the topics we're going to be talking about, one, iguanas. Why Australian animals are so strange in comparison to animals on other continents. Where do deer even sleep? Stinging nettles. Using nature to survive in nature. Social network of trees. And so much more. The Wildlife is listener, reader, and viewer supported and can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. The Wildlife is supported by Chris Trenkel and Alicia, our only two supporters on Patreon, but loyal. If you believe in what we're doing, you can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thewildlife. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the wildlife when you become a patron you'll gain exclusive access to content and have the opportunity to appear on our show and to ask your questions or to help read the credits thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to our podcast in the itunes store and share it with your friends maybe even your pets we are very popular with bearded dragon 